Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk uh, mock draft. We're going to do another mock draft after kind of we went through the free agency process for the most part. We had one big player sign yesterday that uh, I think everyone probably knows about that kind of impacted uh, what we would do in, in the draft. Um, potentially, uh, Bobby Wagner uh, came back on a one-year deal reported at $7 million, but I can pretty much guarantee you that it's a probably a $4 million guarantee with $3 million in incentives, mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine, uh, to get him back into the fold. And um, it, it's good news, I think, for the Seahawks on, on the whole. I think there's there's a camp that says that Bobby's uh, washed and, and, and whatnot, can't uh, make the plays he used to. Did they um, watch him play last year? He played fantastic last year. And... Um, he brings so many other intangibles to the table for the Seahawks in a, in a year where I think they really need that. Um, to kind of Bobby's take that not step level, next level. Bobby's not washed. What he is is slow. Um, in the past, he was one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. Um, but you know, all the years of playing at all pro level have taken their toll on his knees and he doesn't have the speed he used to. Um, that doesn't make him washed. He still was like third in the NFL in tackles last year uh, playing for the Rams. He's still incredibly instinctive. He still uh, gets up near the line of scrimmage to make plays. Um, he still does a lot of things really well. He just doesn't have the speed he used to. That's okay. 
Yeah. I mean, we're not asking him to be uh, in his prime Bobby Wagner here. We're asking him to be a team leader and someone that they can trust um, to like run the defense and, and, you know, call the, um, call the plays defensively where the green dot and, and do things and, and just be consistent, play good. So I think that yeah. with that they're they, they get what they need. And I should point out right now that you nailed this contract um, exactly as you predicted one year, 7 million. It's going to be, a um, there's going to be, it's going to be a smaller number with incentives to kind of try and push the cap stuff out. Like you predicted this exactly about a week before it happened. So um, yeah, you know, just looking at, at some of the other contracts for the middle linebackers out there, I can't remember the guy's name. Do you, by, by any chance, recall the, the contract Le- I was? Levante David Yeah, um, in Tampa. Yeah, Levante David signed a $7 million deal with Tampa with, with $3 million in the incentives. And I, I was thinking, man, that's exactly where Bobby Wagner's going to have to come mm-hmm. in if he wants to get signed. Um, and sure enough, that that's kind of the way the market dictated it and i i really appreciate the patience of john schneider i mean let's talk about john schneider for a minute in in two consecutive off seasons just completely has done a tremendous job i think as a general manager overall managing the cap managing the roster building um you know roster building strategy and and so forth and with still the draft to play out um just really reimagined this this team and this roster moving forward. And I think he's just done a great job. Now, with that said, we still have a few holes uh, as we approach the draft. I would imagine they'll try to sign some minimum deals, maybe bring in a a, um, a run-stuffing type at defensive tackle in at the nose. Um, but that would be the really the one remaining glaring hole I think that the team has. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I still also think they need a long-term solution at middle linebacker because um, Bobby's back on a one-year deal. They signed Bush as a one-year deal. Those are their draft hedges. And the fact that Brooks is injured um, with a late season uh, ACL. So he'll be back some point, but maybe not right away. Um, I think they need a a long-term middle linebacker uh, in the mix. Someone They don't have to be ready to play with week one because you've got the two guys. They don't have to be ready to play this year, but they need to be starter caliber a year from now. Um, I and, think the team is not completely counting on Devin Bush to be like all world at all. He's, oh no, he's coming all. in to be his contract dictates that he's coming in to compete for that spot. And if they draft a guy at the top of the of the draft that that's intended to be a starter, Devin Bush is like that third linebacker guy and probably doesn't even see the field and might might not make it out of camp only because of the amount of time that linebackers are on the field in this defense. And yeah. there just well, wouldn't be any any room for him to, to play. And it, I, I just don't know that it would be of value for him to be on the team at that point. Especially, I, don't have it, I don't have it up where I can look at it, but if memory serves, his entire like $2.1 million contract is guaranteed. So I think he makes the roster, but mm, he's going to. I don't think so. Let me look it up. Devin Bush, um, yeah. So it's a three and a half million dollar deal. Um, three million of it is guaranteed, so that would yeah. be dead money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cap savings so, of of five hundred thousand dollars, basically. So I think he makes the roster um, as a third linebacker. So, but you would have 
you if you drafted a let's just say you drafted a linebacker early, Sanders or somebody else, DeHalen Henley, um, you would have Bobby Wagner, Bush, Brooks, possibly ready to go, but maybe starts the year on IR, and then your draft pick. Um, I mean, obviously that's way better depth than we had last year, kind of attack that position, but you'd have to make a decision, you know, about halfway through the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you could make that decision and cut Bush when Brooks is ready, but I think you keep him on the roster until Brooks is ready. Or you, and if you think, for, a, for a late round pick. Yeah. And if you, you think that, um, if you think that the that room is loaded at linebacker, wait until we're done with this draft. Because, yeah. draft because um, it hmm. it changes drastically between now and the end of the show. So, yeah. um, well, it, it does for, it does for you on mine. Funny enough, I didn't I didn't select a linebacker as it as it turned out. Interesting, crazy. Um, let's let's jump into this because sure. um, these things can sometimes take a little bit, and I want to. So, you know, so why don't you set us up with the rules, them. and then I can break them. Um, yeah, so the rules for this one were, you know, our, our typical rule of two trades and uh, or less and um, trying to set it up no early round quarterback. And I know that's still it's still likely. I think that Seattle takes a quarterback if they're, you know, a first round one, if there's um, one of the one of the top four drop and is there at five. Uh, but. I wanted, I've, I've done that every time we've done a draft and I wanted, I'm like, okay, let's, what if we don't, what if Seattle doesn't, isn't in the market for a quarterback? I think they should be, but what if they aren't, let's, how does the draft fall differently when you're taking people at other positions, you have other needs at this, at different points in the draft. Um, so yeah, th- those were our two roles. And um, why don't you start us off with pick number five? So. At pick number five, I did not trade the pick because uh, there's two players in the draft that I would stay at five for, uh, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Uh, Will Anderson was off the board, but sure enough, C.J. Stroud was there, and I broke the first rule that we had, the only rule really that we had in this draft, and I chose C.J. Stroud at pick number five for the Seahawks because I disagree with your premise uh, so much that I was willing to break the rules on this show. I do believe that Seattle is going to be looking at quarterback, especially if Stroud is sitting there at five. Oh, I uh, the the contract with Geno Smith does not preclude them from drafting a quarterback A and B if it's Stroud, uh, given the uh, the hype that he had on his pro day and just around his season and the type of person that he is and all the attributes. Uh, the Seahawks would be running up to the uh to the microphone to make that pick at five if it's cj stroud agreed um but it, yet again <laughs> we set rules and then you break we sure rules. did we so, sure did and, um, and i did yeah absolutely i'm guilty of charge that's been a a running uh trend since we started the show like six years ago um <laughs> seven years now god seven years ago mm-hmm. um all right so my I traded away five um, in part because if you're not taking a quarterback there uh, and I was trying to stay away from Jalen Carter one, because we've done that draft before and two, his legal stuff and his actual, um, you know, issues and, and stuff that had to gain nine pounds in two weeks uh, between the combine and, and um, pro day. And it, not, it's just, there's a lot of red flags and I'm like, I'm not going to go there. Um, 
I'm not taking a quarterback at five. So that means I'm trading back. And I traded all the way back to 11 because it got me pick 41 and a seventh round pick where the CX don't have, um, well, they do have a pick now, but they, they, they could use an, you know, those picks are cheap. They're throw-ins. And I think they help in terms of getting you uh, those priority um, undrafted free agent guys. So uh, you can just pick them and go with it. So, but yeah, it got me just another second round pick. I, and at 11, I went in a direction that I did not see myself going, and that was Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State. Um, absolutely elite prospect at uh, cornerback. Uh, put him opposite Tariq Woolen, and don't think twice about it. I'm sorry, Michael Jackson, but you, um, you've been you've been good. You've been steady. You just got replaced, and and upgraded, and, and upgraded, and. Uh, Wow. That, that's just a, that, to me, that it, would be a shocker, a but player. Yeah. Right. Here's the, here's the deal, Keith, right? Yeah. At five. Now, uh, Seahawk fans hate it when, when, uh, we drop back and we're going to have a draft strategy show after this show. And, um, there are scenarios where you've got Will Anderson's off the board. We already took, um, Jalen Carter off our own board. And the the two or three quarterbacks that the Seahawks might be interested in are off the board, and they don't like Tyree Wilson. Let's say, okay. So uh, there's a scenario where it only makes sense for Seattle rather than reach for a player or draft a player that's completely unneeded um, for whatever reason at that spot. Uh, they would need to drop back, and you know you ideally want to drop back a few spots, but sometimes it makes sense depending on what you pick up for draft capital to drop back into that range and you're going to end up taking the best player available uh, mm -hmm. on your board and and there are scenarios if Gon gonzalez is there or joey porter or um you know quentin johnson if they think you know that that's a, an option out there a number of other players um then there's a scenario where we could draft a corner they haven't drafted a corner that high before but it, it doesn't preclude them from doing that if they can upgrade the position. And they certainly can with this player. I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. He's just short of 200 pounds, but six foot two, great ball skills, very athletic um, with, in all the testing. He's shown that and um, very sticky in coverage. I think it's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a pick where that doesn't necessarily match Seattle's needs. And that's why people will, um, I think hate it, but I think they'll really like the player. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're picking, you know, that high in the draft, you better be getting guys that can be, um, uh, pro bowl guys for a long time. And I think Joey Porter is that. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So I traded out of 20. How, what'd you do? I, I stayed at 20 and I picked um, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver at a TCU guys. Six, four was speed for days. Um, mm. Basically he is, you put him on the field with uh, Metcalf and you're going to see um, defensive coordinators just rage quit because you, that much size, that much speed, that much talent at, on the outside with, with both guys and, it's going to make for an impossible situation for opposing defenses. And the fact that he was there at 20 made that a really easy pick again, not necessarily in need because the CX have 
their top two receivers in, in Metcalf and um, <clears throat> um, Lockett. But Johnson is um, another elite prospect. I like him on the outside. You move Lockett can then come in and play in the slot, and uh, you just have three guys. You have three guys now um, that are elite playmakers, and that there's you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, <laughs> on on my board when I did my draft, um, uh, Najigba and Addison uh, came off the board first as the two receivers off the board for me. I think Quentin Johnson is the best wide receiver in this class. Um, just based on upside. Um, now he's got a little bit to go as far as route running, all that kind of stuff. Understanding the intricacies. He played for TCU, very pass happy, um, in their offense and so forth. We'll see how he adapts and fits in, but immediately comes in and competes for the third spot and probably wins that easily. And, uh, eventually is, is, uh, can work himself up to the number one wide receiver. Um, we, whether it's within our roster or somebody's roster. Uh, and I think it's a great great pick um i i went in a similar route uh in that i um traded back off of 26 picked up pick number um 58 with dallas and also a 2024 fourth round pick and at 26 i picked quentin johnson as well yeah uh one of my favorite prospects in the draft i had my choices of uh, zay flowers was also off the board at that point so I could have either gone Bijan Robinson, uh, clearly the best player, I think, on my board. Uh, probably everybody's board was still sitting there, Quentin Johnson, Dalton Kincaid, uh, and others. And I just felt like it was the best upside for us. We already had a premier running back on our roster. Um, so I didn't need to go spend that necessarily uh, in, as far as positional value. I thought Johnson offered the upside there that I, I went with. Yeah. So after, um, after that, our next pick was 37. Um, and at this point I had felt like the draft had gotten away from me. I had gotten a wide receiver and a cornerback, two things that I did not go mm, into this, right. into this draft wanting. I, I mean, that's great to get and, and improve, um, the, the talent at, at those positions, but I wanted, um, I wanted guys in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, edge players, linebackers, um, you and me both, really. I mean, I mean, I went with quarterback and then wide receiver. It's like I did yep. not intend for that to happen, but that's just the way the board board worked. Um, and then at thirty-seven, I was very, very happy to see Mozzie Smith, um, the giant athlete. He's like three hundred and thirty pound, um, like uber athlete out of Michigan, um, sitting there. He can be your nose tackle. He can be your three tech. Um, he's just he, he's Absolutely. big enough to be a nose tackle, athletic and and quick enough to be a three tech. Um, and the fact that he was sitting there at 37 made me um, a lot really happy because that really kind of fixed the the issue that I had in round one where I didn't get needs. So uh, Mozzie Smith was my pick at 37. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet 
and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 in any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nice. I love that pick. A great player. I hope I, he's one of the players I'd love to come out of the draft with for sure. Uh, at 37, uh, the native pick, Mozzie Smith went 34 to the Cardinals uh, before me. That was off the board. This is where I felt like things were going to kind of get away from me. Uh, but turns out Osiris Torrance was sitting there at 37. Uh, there were earlier mocks where we kind of had him going in, in the back of the first round or even at pick 20 as a consideration. Mm-hmm. I thought at this point in the draft, it's a good value. The best run blocking interior offensive lineman in the draft. He's got to work on a, on a few things, but um, at that point, the upside with him uh, on the interior, where we clearly have a need, was was it? So that was my pick at thirty seven. Yeah, best pure guard in the draft. Um, it all comes down to whether Skaronski moves inside or not. Um, but if he someone decides to take him as a tackle, then that makes Torrance the best guard in the draft, and you just got him. Um, that's a great pick. Love that pick. Uh, at 41, which is a the, what, part of what I got by trading back in round one, um, I went with um, Adatomia um, Adabarwe. Oh. I, I probably butchered that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's um, an edge rusher out of Northwestern, 280 pounds. We're not talking like speedster that comes around the edge. Um, we're talking about in a three, four, he's your five tech, right? He's got, got the guy that's going to play um, at first backup uh, Dre Jones, but then, you know, as rotations happen, um, he'll get on the field for probably about 40% of the snaps there. And, you know, if injuries happen, he'll, he'll get more playing time than that. But this guy's, you know, kind of pure athlete, very much um, Dre Jones, like, but younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's a perfect person for him mm-hmm. to learn under and just totally. good power up, upfield, um, explosive, uh, interior pass rusher, um, in this three, four, I, they need more bodies on the line. And so I, with two straight picks for only four picks apart, I went with defensive line. I love this. I love this pick. And here's the value of trading back in the draft and picking up additional value. This is what happens. And this is the kind of player that, that could be in addition to the roster that I think gives the idea of trading back it's it's merit um this guy's runs a 449 40 at 282 pounds probably can play up to at 290 he's a little shorter a little um less length than you'd like to have him but he's still got almost 34 inch arms keith mm-hmm. um but ran a, a 161 split at that size um and a 426 uh shuttle um and uh just amazing player probably the, one of the best uh, ath- most athletic guys on the field at the combine um with just that much upside it's a it's a great pick for seattle i love that pick all right so are we at 52 yep. so 52 so you have a native pick at 52 i also have a, a pick at 52 i'll go ahead um john michael schmitz the offensive 
lineman from Minnesota is going to play center right away. Uh, best offensive uh, center prospect in the draft. That's the consensus. Uh, I, I like him in uh, as far as a scheme fit for Seattle as able to get to the second level, uh, but stout enough to play um, the interior defensive lineman in the NFC West uh, as, as, as good as you can. <laughs> um, and so I love that pick. Um, I know that we brought a guy in uh, to, to hold down the fort uh, prior to the draft, and that's kind of all he did. And now he steps aside and, and becomes kind of our interior swing guy that can play three different positions. And Schmitz is the guy going forward for years, hopefully. Well, then you're going to really like my pick at, at the native pick at 52, because it was also John Michael Schmitz for all the reasons that you just said, instant starter. And not only that, but a 10 year starter. I, the, he's one of my favorite prospects in this draft. I think it's one of everyone's favorite prospects in the draft. That's why, you know, if we get him, it's going to be great, but there's also probably 10 other teams that, that are going to want to be drafting him. And mm -hmm. so we'll see that goes it might push him up is, is what i'm saying at yep. 52 i it is unlikely that john michael schmitz is sitting there there are other teams that have been talking about he'll getting be him at the 30s. back of the first first round he'll go he'll go in the 30s whether it be 31 32 in the first round or 38 39 in the second or, round. or teams will be there. moving up yeah or teams might be like day two you know yeah. the first pick comes on the board and, and you're on the clock you might have some activity there for uh, to go up and get a guy like this for sure. There's no way he's there in the fifties, but um, this but is he a wasn't this. and yeah, he was he available. Wasn't this. So I took him. Um, the other thing, the I'll, I'll, yeah. The other thing I'll say is we're using uh, NFL mock draft database, which does a an accumulation on their big board of um, of all the big boards that are out there on the internet, basically, and so it does give you a pretty decent idea of how big boards are kind of um, lined up. Now it might mm -hmm. not be Seattle's big board. They do, you know, and every team does a different um, big board and so forth. But um, from all the information that we have, it's, it's the best one that we've got. All right. 58 with the trade that I had with Dallas earlier from moving down from 20, I picked up 58. I chose cornerback Julius Brents out of Kansas state. Um, just an upside player. Uh, scheme diverse. Uh, he's a cover press corner. If you want him to be with the with the size and length that he's got, along with the speed, uh, he can also come inside for you and play close to the line of scrimmage as um, as a as a safety if you wanted him to. And he's got the length and and size to do that. And he loves to tackle. Pete's going to love a player like that. I think this is a guy that immediately comes and pushes, um, you know, our our number two corner uh job and we'll see what happens yeah um i like him as basically a guy that can shift between safety and corner um big enough to play on the outside at corner shifty enough to to cover in the slot fast enough to play free safety um and i love that pick that's just a fantastic pick um and again the, like you said earlier this is the advantage of moving back when you do it in round one because without that trade from 20 to 26 you don't get this player from that from there too you go from 52 to 83 yeah you know as native picks go and so it's it there's a big drop there with a ton of talent so mm -hmm. it'd be nice to have another um ticket to pull uh between 30 and and 80 um if if seattle can work that 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 way they come out of the draft with uh six picks in the top 100 which would be 
outstanding. Mm-hmm. Even if they have to give away a pick in, in this draft, they came in with 10. Um, so if they need to move around a little bit, they've got some ammunition. Even if you're sitting at 58 natively, you could combine, uh, you know, 123 and a future uh, third round pick to move up, um, you know, if you if you felt like you needed to into the 60 range or 70 range or whatever. So there's a lot of opportunity to move around. Yeah. So, okay. Um, now we're on to, uh, pick 83, which is a native pick for Seattle. Um, I went linebacker finally, uh, which is a position that I came in, even though they just signed Bobby and I get that I wanted a starting linebacker out of this draft. And I went with, um, DeMarvian Overshone out of Texas, um, which isn't necessarily that starting linebacker has all the athleticism, all the traits, but is more of a project is a guy that you've got to, um, you got to teach a little bit in terms of how to play coverage because he comes forward, makes tackles, very aggressive, um, and does that stuff. Well, not necessarily as good in coverage as you need in the NFL. And so I think he's more of a project, but when you've got your two starters already on the roster, you can have him be the third one and, and, get half a season of practice before you get him on the field. I think that could matter quite a bit for him. And and with his athleticism and speed, I, I felt like it was worth taking a shot on him and, and uh, you know, getting a potential like high uh, end player. So that's where I went at 83. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, he's a little undersized. Mm-hmm. Um, at 6'2", 229, where do you see him playing? Is he going to come off the edge for you? I mean, he's got the four, five, six speed and a little bit of length to him. Um, I don't see, no, I, I see him uh, being in the same role that Cody Barton was in uh, mm-hmm. last year. And he's, he's the, he's a, an interior lineman, but but not the, the, the big thumper interior lineman. He's the other interior lineman, the one that that's more of a coverage guy, um, which, you know, oh, I just said, he's not, not as great in coverage, but, but, his athleticism, size, speed say that he can cover. Um, we just have to teach him how. Uh, but he's also got that aggressiveness, ability to come up. He's just undersized for that. So he can he gives you kind of uh, some scheme diversity and that he can do both things for you. And I just don't think he's ready to play right now. Otherwise, he would have gone earlier in the draft. But at 83, you got a potential long-term starter and you don't need him to play week one. Interesting. So at 83, I, I get to the point of the draft where I start thinking about, you know, linebackers, safeties, running backs, wide receivers, et cetera. And um, one of the, the, my favorite players of the draft is Roshan Johnson. He's, he's usually available somewhere in the 120 range. Um, but you, you, sometimes he goes much earlier than that, sometimes later. Um, there was one player on the board, though, that I wasn't expecting to be there. Um, most of the time he's gone in the, in the 60, 70 range. And that's Zach Charbonnet, uh, the running back out of UCLA at 83, I thought was the best player on my board. Um, Owen Popo was sitting there, Chase Brown at Jair Brown, the safety, DJ Turner, the, the corner, Emil Ikiora Jr., the interior offensive lineman out of Alabama. Uh, Hendon Hooker was there. I would have probably traded him had I not got CJ Stroud at five. But Zach Charbonnet offered me the best value. Comes in immediately as number uh, two running back on Seattle's roster. Great complimentary running back to um, to what we have. Ken Walker, um, the third. And uh, that running back room is set for the next three or four years. 
Yeah, I like that pick, um, especially at that at that spot. That's good. Um, good value there. Um, all right, so the next pick would be 123. Uh, and so there there was a player available that I wasn't expecting to be available, and I, I kind of took him on a whim. Uh, Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford. Uh, this is a guy who kind of been not not on everyone's radar because Stanford was so bad um, this last year, but came into the Senior Bowl and just impressed everyone every single day he was there. And you know, competent route running, uh, speed, size, incredible catch radius. Like, how did uh, Stanford get so little out of him? Uh, well, it's because their offensive line and running game were trash and there were no other receivers. But um, he just really looked like a, you know, he just made a lot of the, the senior bull corners look bad. And for him to be there at 123 um, made so much sense. Now, I know that's the second wide receiver that I've picked up in this one, but Seattle's got two. And then there's really nothing after that. Maybe um, Tyreek Young uh, develops into a guy, but. Uh, with this, with Wilson and uh, Johnson, now you've got your three and your four and your potential, um, you know, your your high-end, low-floor guy in, in Young. Um, there's your wide receiver room. And yeah. uh, I think it's a massive like upgrade that. overall uh, in giving Geno better weapons. Yeah, I like that, actually. Um, okay. So at 123, there were a number of players, including DeMarvin Oshon was sitting there at one, uh, ended up going at 124. Um, wow. Yeah, crazy. Uh, some linebacker guys, more running backs, a few tight ends. Um, and But I saw a guy on here that's not going to be ready to play this year, but showed amazing tenacity at the combine and kind of hides and stashes the pick for a year and is available in 2024. And Andrew Voorhees, the interior offensive lineman out of USC, a really good player, um, can play guard for you, could could line up at center, at, you know, I suppose. I've already got that handled. I've got O'Torrance. What this is really a, is a hedge um, for our left, our left guard situation. Contract is up with Lewis in 2024. Uh, Andrew Voorhees is just a guy that I've stashed on the roster, probably start the year for sure on IR. Um, since he just blew out his knee, the ACL at the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get, you go ahead and you sit on him and uh, he comes in and, and competes in 2024. Yeah. He um, went out there with a swollen knee and a lot of pain and sat down and did the bench and blew everyone else away. It was yeah. freaking crazy. Um, I didn't even realize that, that at the time that he had done that, you actually told me on the show that he had blown out his knee the day before. And then I went back and, and kind of relooked and like, oh yeah, I should should have you know caught that. But with all the pain and everything that he was in after blowing out his knee, that shows still, grit. And Seattle, Seattle would he, love that. Yeah, he went out there and just dominated the other offensive and defensive linemen at the uh, on the bench press, which I I freaking love that. I lo- love that as a player, and I love that uh, I love that pick. So that's a great one. Um, so now we're down to 151. Seattle has two picks, 151 and 154, right next to each other. Yep. Um, so not a lot, you know. They when they get to 151, that's a spot where they could trade uh, because they know they've got another pick sooner. I didn't. I stayed there. Player that you already mentioned, uh, and you mentioned being there at, at, in the 120s. I got there at 151. Roshan Johnson, running back out of Texas. Nice. Um, 
big, huge, powerful back, runs people over, excellent between the tackles guy, lots of tread on the tires because he was he was second to Bajon Robinson um, on that roster. Uh, but just what Seattle needs, he, they need a big running back that can run between the tackles and get that, you know, it's third and one and you can get it every time. He, they need that kind of back and that's what Johnson is. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, again, good value. Love that pick. Uh, if he's there at that point in the draft, I think Seattle is probably going to hop on that. To be completely honest, I think that um, you know our running back room is fairly light at this point. We haven't made mm-hmm. any veteran additions. Our cap space dictates that we're not going to really add anything except for maybe a veteran minimum. Um, at one fifty one, I still needed some help on the defensive line. Um, uh, quite a bit of help. I, you know, I, I, the, the draft kind of got away from me. Um, we still need some interior help, uh, obviously at, at the edge or, or three tech, um, as, as well. Um, and so I went with Byron Young, uh, the defensive lineman out of Alabama at this point in the draft, it's tremendous value. I don't think that he lasts that long in the draft. I think he's going to go in the 100 range probably, but he's sitting there at 151. He's a guy that's, um, 293 pounds had a tremendous uh mm-hmm. training not training camp uh combine really stood out there uh made a name for himself and um good good program at alabama seattle was out at alabama's um facilities uh to kind of scope out the quarterback class and some other players i'm sure he was looked at uh seattle would be happy to have byron young out of alabama uh coming out of the draft for sure yeah um so moving on, we're uh, looking at pick 154, the other one. Um, <clears throat> and again, I got a player that you mentioned um, earlier as a, as a potential in the 130s. Um, I, went, I doubled up linebacker. This is to, to give you an idea of I knew that this team needed to get linebackers out of this draft because I don't, I don't trust Bush as a, as a guy even for this year. I mean, I know they signed him to a – a mostly guaranteed deal, but I would prefer that they upgrade that spot. And Bobby's only around for one more year and you've got Brooks coming back from an injury. I'd love to see them get um, another guy that can, can play there. And so um, I went with uh, Overshone, who's a project at 83. And then I doubled up the position at 154 with Owen Popo out of Auburn. The guy is undersized. I get that. He's six foot two twenty five. But the guy's got uh, four three nine speed. Yeah, um, just absolute elite, um, elite sideline to sideline speed. Um, He's going to be and, special teams dynamo, really. Yeah, yeah. He, and so yeah, and that's the other thing is he can be you. He can be your guy um, as you know special teams um, star while waiting in the wings for his opportunity, and then he'll come on and and um, and and play and, and you'll love him. Even though he's a little undersized, he's um, so twitchy athletically and um, plays with just so much. He just die, you know, tackles people, very sure tackler um, wraps up, but also hits with a lot of power, even though, you know, his size, like he, I, I think he's a guy that's going to give, he's going to start out as a backup and a special teams player. He's going to be hard to keep off the field. Yeah. Interesting. So I doubled up on the defensive line back to back 151 and 154. Moro uh, Ojamo, the defensive lineman out of Texas, 
basically the same player as Brian uh, Byron Young uh, at 292 pounds, very athletic. Uh, but, you know, when you take a look at the roster, Shelby Harris is, is no longer there. Uh, Dre Jones, we, we signed, obviously. But behind that, there's just not a lot. Daryl Taylor is going to be behind that uh, at times, uh, moving inside, but a little undersized for that spot, uh, moving up on the line of scrimmage. Um, we haven't brought back um, Puna Ford. Uh, and so I think that we needed to kind of infuse this spot with, with some young talent. And both these guys are able to make the roster there and, and likely go a little earlier, I think, in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was he was too talented uh, at that point to to pass on him. Yeah, and um, uh, Quentin Jefferson is also no longer on the roster, so um, there is going to be some uh, you know moving around there. They 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 need other bodies. They just do. So I like that pick too. Um, so yeah, um, the next pick there, I think. Yeah, I think we've only we I think we're on native I have picks. 198. Yeah. 198. And then I've got 228. So um, which is when I picked up in my trade. But other than that, it's native picks here. Um, I went offensive line with Ryan Hayes. The guy's um a little undersized at 298 pounds. Uh but to me, when I when I looked at this, I see a guy that can play five positions. Um he's long enough to play tackle. He is stout enough to play guard, um, moves well enough to play center. He's kind of that jack-of-all-trades, master of nothing. Um, but those guys have value on a roster because you can, you know, have one less offensive lineman suit up when you're limited to, um, you know, 46 guys. And so having uh, having him there, uh, just it, it's a value pick as far as, like, roster value, but not necessarily – like, oh, this guy's a high-end starter. I just like him as a backup at the fact that he can probably back up five positions. Yeah, interesting. So I had already picked Quentin Johnson at 26, um, but at the back end of the roster, I'm looking for athletes, guys that can make the roster. Our, our wide receiver room needs some infusion of talent, even if it's guys that are coming off the practice squad week in, week out, uh, guys that are competing for uh, that fifth, sixth spot as well as special teams. So I went with Bryce Ford Wheaton uh, out of West Virginia, bigger uh, receiver with a lot of speed, great upside, just needs to kind of integrate his uh, route running uh, to the NFL level. And um, that 198, I took a shot. Yeah. Um, So, and then at uh, 228, which is a a throw-in pick with my trade down in round one, um, I, I tripled up on uh linebacker and this time i went with a guy that um has the size more so than the other two the other two are a little undersized um but yes dear abdullah uh 31237 has the size to play inside 447 speed is um pretty dang good for a linebacker and the reason why he's falling to this point is that Teams have to figure out, is he a outside rusher or is he a linebacker? And he's got the athleticism to do both. He's got the size kind of to do both. Um, but he, I don't think he has the bend um, to get around the edge as an outside guy. I like him as an inside guy because he plays um, He plays really 
um, he plays big and he gets in there. He'll, he'll uh, mix it up with tight ends, pretty good in coverage. I, I think that again, he's going to be a special team standout if he's on the roster. He's also a guy that might slip through to the practice squad, but then, you know, get called up if they need a guy. Um, I, I see long-term potential starter there. Now, does he ever live up to that? I don't know, but you're taking a guy at 228 in, in round seven. Um, and, but there's enough there that you could see, you know, this is a guy that may turn into something. And, and that's why I went there, even though, if it, even though it was a triple um, yeah. pick, but when you've got, when you've got 13 picks in the draft, you can take some luxury picks like that. That's very true. And you're looking for athletic upside uh, as well as special teams contributions at that point in the draft, you attack the position. Yeah. I can't fault you for that. It was horrible last year. You weren't going to let that happen again this year. Um, native pick 237. Uh, a lot of people didn't realize that we had this pick. This, this was a pick that didn't convey to Houston in the John Reed trade that happened, um, I don't know, almost two years ago this fall. And um, so I don't blame people for, for not remembering it. Uh, but we've got 237. I went with uh, interior defensive lineman nose tackle Gerard Clark out of Coastal Carolina. Just a big body guy at 334 pounds, 6'3", uh, short, stout kind of player, but has long limbs at, at 82-inch uh, wingspan. Um, he's just a two-gap space eater. He's not going to offer you any inside uh, penetration, getting the quarterback or anything like that. Strictly a nose tackle. Got to stop the run. Um, possibility of a guy like this making the roster, even at 237 uh, uh, on the pick. Uh, just because of the lack of depth that we currently have on the roster. Yeah, I like it. Um, and especially given, I mean, the only true nose tackle they've got on the roster right now is Brian Monet coming off an injury and was okay, certainly not great um, uh, when he was healthy and just getting another big body that can push him uh, for playing time slash a roster spot is great. And I think you've got a guy that can do that. All right, so we got one more pick um, at, where are we at? We're at, at 237, and I went, I doubled up at running back and went with Evan Hall um, out of Northwestern. It's a, a good pick right there. Um, 5'10", 209, another downhill runner, a guy that gets upfield, plays with a lot of power, um, isn't the sharp, you know, isn't like the most explosive guy, um, but is can read blocks um, on those stretch zone plays, uh, cut up inside, one cut and go kind of guy. But the goal here is to get him moving downhill as soon as possible and let him run over guys. Um, doesn't fumble the ball. Pretty smart as far as that kind of stuff. Um, does a reasonable job as a um, in blitz pickup and just as a guy that's going to come in and be uh, another guy in the running back room because you've only got two currently. And yes, I already picked up um, one earlier, but this would be your fourth running back and a guy that can um, play a lot of special teams and give you something down the road if injuries hit this position again. I think it's great. I mean, he showed up at the senior bowl, made a name for himself, had a good combine, Keith, um, 214 pounds, ran a 4.4540. At that point in the draft, you already drafted Rashawn Johnson. Um, mm -hmm. so this is just another guy to, to, to add to the pile. We lost Homer in the off season. We lost Penny in the off season. 
uh, DJ Dallas is there. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as reserves are concerned. And so to add another body in there, I think that makes a lot of sense at that point. So good drafts overall. I was happy. I ended up with six picks in the top 100. Um, I think if John Schneider comes out of the draft with six picks in the top 100, Seahawks fans are going to be excited. I know there's a, a trade back there, but you know, I think it's justified in this. You, you come in with 10. I do see Seattle moving around. Maybe we come out of this draft with eight picks overall, and, and John moves up a few different times to, to kind of make sure he gets the guy he's targeting. Um, mm-hmm. They could come out of the draft with 13. You mentioned you've got 13 picks, right? It's possible. Yep. Now, Seattle doesn't have a lot of uh, cap room, but those lower-end picks after pick 100 aren't really going to cost anything on the roster. And so you can go ahead and, and, and do that and come out and, and load up on players that you've really identified, especially in the pick 200s. Those are kind of priority free agents, Mm -hmm. uh, guys that you're really identifying that you want to have uh, before anyone else has a chance to get them. So good drafts overall, I think. Yeah, and well, and you were saying about the the cap space, like um, 13 picks. Like if if you're a team that's that's really short on draft space, um, the way you fill out your roster is a lot of, uh, draft a lot of mid to late round draft picks or undrafted free agents because they was um, those fill out your roster without costing you hardly anything. So um, that's why I decided to go in that strategy was to so they could get their their numbers up to ninety um, without spending a lot of of uh, salary cap space they don't have. So yeah, um, yeah. The reason that I dropped back from twenty six, a I picked up a fourth round pick in twenty twenty four, which I think is going to come in handy next year. It's a strong draft class. Mm-hmm. Um, I also picked up pick number fifty eight, so I dropped six spots. Picked up a you know late second rounder. Um, which has tremendous value. I ended up picking a player in Julius Brent, so I think has the ability to start on this roster. And so trading back is, is, is um, I think, a viable option in this draft because the middle rounds, the, the picks uh, in between uh, the second round and, and the fourth round are just really going to be players that can come in and help your roster right away. Yeah, and so, it, and just the same, to the same idea, um, in my draft, I could have... Um, drafted Gonzalez at five um, at cornerback or, but by trading down to 11, I got Joy Porter jr, which I don't think is a huge drop off, but it also let me get at um, a at uh, 41 mm. um, who is mm. a very high end prospect as a three, four defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. So it was worthwhile. Yeah. So what did you think overall of your, your draft? You walk away pretty darn happy as a Seahawks fan. Oh, I do. I, I, I like the fact that I got um, the defensive line uh, help. I got linebacker help. I got center help. And then, you know, the cornerback wide receiver at the top of, of the draft just as like bonus. Um, Overall, I'm, I'm really happy with this draft. I think I've got um, six potential starters. Um, like maybe not year one, but by year two, I've got, I think I've got six potential starters here. And you just punted. I mean, we talked about it ahead of time and thank you for following the rules, but you punted on the complete uh, quarterback class in this yeah. draft. Yes, I did. Which, because is, which that, is interesting. Because, because that's what the rule was. The rule was not an early quarterback. Yes. And you picked one at five. 
<laughs> well, I set up my friend. This would be known as my CJ Stroud draft for sure. Everyone else is just kind of like fluff, but you come out of the draft with your future quarterback uh, in CJ Stroud and then Quentin Johnson or, you know, or Cyrus Torrance, uh, John Michael Schmitz, Julius Brents, Zach Charbonnet. Um, you know, I, the only thing that made me nervous about my draft was I waited and the way that the draft fell, um, my defensive interior line picks waited and, um, I'm not exactly confident in that, but, um, other than that, I was happy. Yeah. Um, they got Mozzie Smith. Yeah. I'm, I'm love, good. Like John Michael Schmitz and Mozzie Smith would make anybody's draft. I think. Yeah. You get those two guys in a single draft. You've got your um, nose tackle or three tech uh, of the, of the current and future and um, your starting center for the next 10 years. You've done really well. And then you throw in an elite cornerback and a, a yeah. wide receiver prospect. That's going to make, I know um, how many defensive corner coordinators lose sleep. Like that's just a bonus. Yeah, I know. I, both of us kind of walked out of this draft with with four or five starters, which mm -hmm. is crazy, you know. And that's again knocking it out of the park, uh, depending on how they they turn out. You know, it's interesting. I, you watched last year's draft; Seattle had tremendous success, but really, uh, most drafts are not like that. And, and even when you have a pick at the very top, I noticed, um, oh, Seaside Joe um, came out with a with a little article. Uh, about uh, the Seahawks pick or or the picks in the drafts at, at the positions that we're drafting over the last five years, five players at those uh, spots, and and half of them are washed out, you know, already. Um, and it's it's just difficult. You just do the best you can with the information that you have at that moment to make the the good picks, um, and the rest is just kind of a crapshoot. It really is. Even C.J. Stroud. He looks great as a prospect, really does, but there's no guarantees that, that he is a guy that can come in and immediately have a great effect on this league. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at Zach Wilson taking number two overall. Um, and he's pretty much out of a job um, and is not viewed as a potential starter in the NFL yeah. anymore. Trey, Trey Lance. Um, yeah. Trey, I mean, that's that has a lot to do with injury, but uh, True, yeah, but, <clears throat> he's got, but he's got this year. This year, because of Brock Purdy's injury, Trey Lance has this season to come in and prove he belongs. So I got a question for you. Well, maybe we'll save it for the next show, strategy show. I yeah. had a question regarding um, the type of players you're looking for in this draft if you're a Seahawks GM. Yeah, just based on where the roster is at. So mm -hmm. okay. Let's get out of here. Um, you can find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform, please. And when you do, hit the subscribe button. We've got our own YouTube channel as well. Uh, Seahawks Playbook Podcast on YouTube. Um, and again, please subscribe. And that would really be helpful. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.